Welcome to this edition of the Marketing Insights Podcast Series. My name is Nicole Young, and I am the Executive Marketing Manager here at McGraw-Hill. Today, I am excited to be joined by researchers, master educators, and authors of our Marketing Management 3rd Edition product, Greg Marshall and Mark Johnston, both of Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida. Welcome back to the podcast, Greg and Mark. Thanks, Nicole. Hi, everybody. Hi. So today's podcast is entitled The Gig Economy, Marketing's Role and the Potential Impact. Hot topic, lots to talk about and share, so let's get right to it. So what is the gig economy and how impactful is it today? Well, that's a great question. And you know what? I think there's some confusion around about exactly what the gig economy is. Uh, The gig economy has a variety of names, and I'll share a few of those others with you here in just a second. But the start of the concept of what we talk about as the gig economy in its modern form was, was, was from a book that came out in about 2012, 2013, by Rachel Botsman and Rue Rogers. And the book was called What's Mine is Yours. And that title probably makes us think of the word share or sharing. And in fact, yes, one of the more popular ways that we describe the gig economy is that it's a sharing economy. Uh, Let me run down really quickly, though, just so you all will hear a few of these others, because this can get confusing really quickly, because it's also called the collaborative economy. Sometimes it's been called the on-demand economy. How about the peer-to-peer economy? And on and on. And so all of those things have little nuances, but when it really comes down to it, they pretty much mean something close to the same thing. So, Nicole, you asked what it is, and so, One of the most authoritative sources on the gig economy is put out by the Aspen Institute's Future of Work Initiative, and that is a collaboration with the Cornell University School of Industrial and Labor Relations. It's a very famous, very prestigious pairing, and what they have done is they have created a website that's basically pretty easy to remember. It's just called gigeconomydata.org that you can go to and see all kinds of really good stuff related to the gig economy, they suggest a definition that's very simple. And that is that from an employment perspective, the gig economy consists of income earning activities outside of traditional long-term employment relationships. And in essence, that is what it is. People are choosing to do work a different way whether that means they're stacking a variety of gigs or whether they have a full-time job and then they stack a gig or two on top of those. Either way you slice it and dice it, that's the gig economy. Wow, thank you for clearing up that confusion. There sure are a lot of terms there. (laughs) Um, How is the connection between the gig economy trend and marketing management relevant? Well, that's a great question, Nicole. Uh, you know, just recently, you know, Greg mentioned the, the the relevancy and the currency of this topic. Uh, and just recently, in October of this year, uh, in the Journal of Marketing, the leading marketing uh, scholarly academic journal, there was an article on the sharing economy, the gig economy, and it really helped define uh, the, the connection between marketing, marketing management, and this term called the gig economy. 
really revolves around, as, as Greg mentioned, the definition of what it is. It speaks to a fundamental shift in the relationship between a company uh, and its customers and how the customers interact and, and consume, quote unquote, the product. Uh, in, in this sharing gig economy, we see that consumers take on expanded roles. This term that you might hear called prosumer, where they're actually part of the product offering. Both they consume and they also produce. They co-mingle in the, in the role. And so, and in addition to that, of course, we see that in, in this economy, in this term, the discussion around crowdsourcing, that people are operating and connecting peer-to-peer -peer as opposed to company to consumer. And so the relevancy uh, between this term, this idea of the gig economy and marketing management, it is certainly there. And it's the, you can't have a gig economy without talking about marketing and its impact on these relationships. Wow, super interesting stuff. Thank you for that. So customer experience management is a core theme in business today. Do gigs forebode an inevitable customer experience train wreck? Oh, wow. Ha. The ultimate customer experience train wreck. That's the scariest thing that you can probably ever say. To <laughs> and I am worried about it uh, because the challenge is that there are certain common themes, if you will, to gig firms, and some of those themes create organizational roadblocks to being able to maximize the customer experience. For example, uh, the typical gig, gig firm has a smaller staff, smaller resources. I mean, it's a sharing firm, whether it's something like a, a, an Uber for transportation or Airbnb. Uh, who we uh, list our, our properties that we want to uh, rent out to people, or a Deliveroo for delivery, or something like Mary Kay or Rodan and Fields on the uh, uh, consumer product side. All of these are organizations in which the people who actually deliver the value are independent workers. They're not actually paid employees by the companies. So what's amazing is that the companies almost have kind of a shell structure to deliver consistently great customer experiences in the non-sharing economy, that is the owned economy, companies have tremendous infrastructures of organizational frontline staff, uh, follow-up after the sales staff, uh, on-house, in-house salespeople. Um, all of that is basically going to be something that they control. So the concern about the customer experience is really based on the fact that these companies operate almost like, like shells of full organizations, and they don't tend to have the infrastructure necessary to deliver against the service promise to the customer all that well. One other thing about this that's pretty important, I think, is the fact that how do you maintain like a brand ambassador when you don't even have an in-house marketing department, for example. And the folks that are interacting with the customers, uh, they are independent representatives. Uh, it's pretty easy to talk about branding and controlling the brand when you're somebody like Procter & Gamble and mm -hmm. your products lines that you yourself manage on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I guess the answer to your question ends up being, a, I don't think it has to result in 
a reduced customer experience or a customer experience train wreck, but the truth of the matter is that it very well can if organizations completely abandon the connection to what are the ingredients that are necessary to really achieve a high level of customer experience. Wow, absolutely, lots to think about there. As a marketing manager, you're, you're speaking to my heart. Um, what are some areas of future research that are needed to help organizations best cope with the rise of the gig economy? That's a great question, and there are a number of areas, but let me just highlight five. Uh, first, marketing strategy. Think about this for a second. As we've been talking about the, the nature of relationships between companies and their customers fundamentally changes. So what is the impact of the gig economy on basic marketing concepts and ideas like target marketing and positioning? How do firms, for example, communicate to their market when the, when the relationship may be more peer-to-peer -peer than company-to-customer? Uh, a second area, um, it, which could uh, benefit from future research, is just looking at consumer behavior. How do consumers actually interact with this experience, this product experience? You know, marketing has been based on an ownership model, and the company is adding value to the uh, consumer's consumption of the product. Well, in the gig economy, Everything is shared. So when it's not owned, what does that do to the behavior of the customer? And that has not been well researched. A third area which we have seen um, with companies like Uber and Airbnb is in the area of public policy. This is a new concept and the relationships are different. And so what does this what is the impact of of this on things like regulation, public policy, laws? And we again, we've seen this with Uber as they moved into cities around the world. Um, they've they've had a lot of issues with local government and uh, uh, dealing with the with what they bring to the table in terms of con con creating fundamental shift uh, between the consumer and in this case, a, a, a ride. And then uh, a fourth area is in the area of leadership. So it's it, this is such a new concept and such a radically different concept that it it and it creates such a very different organizational culture. Greg was was talking about the fact that these companies operate with uh, far fewer people, a very different structure, and there's been very little research on how do you manage, how do you lead organizations like this. And then more specifically in the area of sales management, how do we create uh, compensation and reward structures when the sellers may not be directly connected to our company? So there's, and, and this is just a, a, a few areas where uh, additional research is needed to best understand how to deal with the gig economy. Oh my goodness. Well, from a gig worker's perspective, what are key issues there? Well, Nicole, this is a great place to kind of kind of bring it all to uh, together here because ultimately because it is a sharing environment without this gig worker, whichever one of these types of gigs we're talking about, nothing actually happens. And yet they're not directly under our control, are they? Because they're uh, independent representatives of, in one form or another. I'm driving a Lyft car. I'm renting out my uh, Airbnb through their network. 
uh, I'm selling Rodan and Fields uh, skin conditioners, etc. The thing is that these companies have to think about themselves in terms of how they are going to attract the best and the brightest of the potential gig workers. So here's a marketing twist for you. They've got to be marketing themselves to a limited number of, and many of these folks do happen to be, Gen Z and millennials uh, that are thinking about, gee, what could I do to be able to earn some extra income? Or maybe how could I stack multiple gigs, as I mentioned earlier, in order to create a full income source that will be enough money for me to do what I want to do? So I would suggest strongly that gig firms think of themselves in the context of marketing them to these potential gig workers so that they'll have the opportunity to really attract the best and the brightest of them. And I'll give you one little example really quick here. Uh, in marketing, we talk about personas, and personas are an interesting technique by which if we're trying to target mar market certain people for our products or services, we literally create kind of a humanoid type persona on paper of what those people look like. It's like a segment of, of, the, of, the, of the population we want to target. And so here's a couple of just off the cuff potential persona segments for gig workers. So one could be called the enhancer. And the enhancer would be the gig worker who's probably got a job that's more or less steady, but maybe they're in debt with student loans and they want to take something else on extra as a gig. And so that person has a very different set of needs and wants from the gig experience working for the gig company than an individual who might be in a different kind of persona. And in fact, a second persona that could reflect uh, another group could be what might be called the exclusives. And there's a lot of folks that are literally stacking two, three maybe, sometimes more. It's incredible how industrious these folks are. Gigs on top of each other, sometimes they operate them all at the same time and they're not doing anything that you and I would refer to as a traditional job. And the exclusives, again, would be marketed towards by the companies very differently uh, than the enhancers would be. So our advice is think about this both directions. Think about it from the marketer's perspective in the company and how the, the company is going to make the best impression and do the best job of brand management and, and uh, service management to the customers. And also think of these gig workers as your customers if you're a company and do a great job marketing to them to get the very best of those potential uh, gig workers. Love those personas. All great salient points. Thank you so much for that. I am sure our listeners of all personas will agree. So thank you both so much for being guests on our Marketing Insights podcast series. To our listeners, if you would like more updates from Mark and Greg, be sure to check out their blog site found at www.marshall-johnston.com. That's Marshall with two L's and Johnston with a T. Until next time, this is Nicole, Greg, and Mark signing off. We hope you all have a great day, and we'll come back again to listen in for another edition of the Marketing Insights Podcast Series. Bye, everybody. Bye.